I think it's a great day to celebrate, is it not? Because we have a couple, I know we're all familiar with them, and it seems like we're celebrating them quite a bit of late, but we will continue to celebrate them because today they're celebrating 68 years of marriage together. Don and Peggy Cleaver. What a great effort, and uh, we continue to be encouraged by your lives and your love for each other and your love for us. And uh, on the other end of that kind of spectrum, I think it's, it's one year today, isn't it right, Anna? You and Blaine, one year today. Congratulations to Anna and Blaine. And uh, I'm sure many, many of us are familiar with this character. He uh, walks among us and uh, wears those T-shirts. He had a special milestone this last week. He celebrated not, not the five number, not the seven number, but I won't say the number in the middle. And that's Bruce Stocks. Congratulations, Bruce. <laughs> and uh, just before I get into this this morning, it was, about, uh, it was between Christmas and New Year's last year where I stood before you and I gave you the, the Miracle Missions offering update uh, where we got to over those three weeks realizing there was more to possibly come in. And I do have a latest and greatest figure for you realizing this was celebrated in our prayer time a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I do have the latest figure uh, of our Miracle Missions offering and it's okay to celebrate this as well. It goes like... This. So you might remember, for those who are around, our miracle target was $33,000. We didn't quite make it. However, if you, you remember that Craig came up on stage at that Christmas production time and he shared with us, you know, some, uh, the typhoon that went through the Philippines and we put some buckets and for those who are led um, to give, this is what we raised in those buckets during the Christmas production services. So you do your maths, right? Let's go to the next slide. You do your maths, and it goes like this. MMO, 31, additional 3, equals 35,130. Is that okay? Is that okay? Now, if you are new here to Door of Hope, one of the things you'll soon grasp of the people here at Door of Hope is their longevity, their loyalty, and their generosity. They are a, a, a generous church unlike any other, and I'm so blessed to be a part of that com- this community. And so, uh, well done. Congratulations. And if you haven't had a chance to participate in Miracle Missions Offering, you're more than welcome to do that. We're about to sign off on that in terms of where that g- gets divvied up locally, nationally, and internationally. 50% here, 50% um, uh, nationally and internationally, and so uh, we look forward to sharing with that with you a little bit later on. During the month of January, I had some time off with my family, uh, went over to New Zealand. I was paid to go over there by a church uh, in Christchurch, believe it or not, and uh, incredible time with my family. I'm going to explain a bit more of that a little bit later on in my message in regards to uh, that. Not a whole lot. Um, but one of the things I was invited to do is pretty much go and share um, with the congregation over there. It was called Hope Presbyterian Church, a great church, four campuses, similar size church to us, and so not building, but numbers of people, um, a very, very um, you know, generous church, and they really wanted just to hear our story as a church, and so I went and shared with them all that I knew, and um, uh, pretty much shared the power of prayer in and throughout our story, and so 
um, I've really felt that I was able to impart to them, into their future. And so um, I, I walked away giving thanks to God and really feeling used by God in that environment. And so I want you to know, the reason I share that with you is because I went on your and our behalf, on behalf of Door of Hope. And so I represented you, I represented our great and almighty God. And um, our ministry is extending, not just locally, not just nationally, but now internationally. And so more and more, God's opening up those doors for us. And it's okay to celebrate that. Is that all right? All right. All right. Well, Feel free, if you do have a smartphone, to open them up and go to Uversion and go to the menu bar called, uh, uh, or menu bar and open up to live, and I think it's DOH, is that right, Sam? DOH, something like that, Door of Hope, just try that, and you'll be able to locate some of the message notes on there. Now, for those of us who don't have a smartphone, I understand there are many, um, feel free to grab a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen, or your journals. Feel free to grab those this morning as we get into that, because we're embarking on this 10-week journey together, 10 week, we're going to be kindly interrupted in the middle of it with Easter, of course, and uh, we're embarking on uh, this through this book called Simplify. It's written by a mentor of mine, a mentor from a distance, and uh, it's an outstanding book full of practical advice and, of course, biblical insights that I hope will simplify our lives. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a moment, because under here, under here, it's got a little, little writing. It says, 10 practices to unclutter your soul. Is there anyone who would really appreciate that? Is there anyone? Yeah? I think there's a few of us who'd appreciate helping us how to simplify, to help unclutter our soul. And so the teaching team, this next 10 weeks, we are going to help unclutter our souls. Bill's very clear in his book, and he says that simplified living is about more than doing less It's about who God has called us to be. It's about living life with purpose and with passion. The John 10.10 life that Jesus so brilliantly and beautifully came to bless us with. So, let's get into this. I want to start asking just a couple of questions if I can. So come with me here. Is that okay? So come with me here. Is that okay? Okay, I need to hear you. That's great. I want to start asking you, have you ever said or heard these particular words? I'm overwhelmed, I'm overscheduled, or I'm exhausted. Show of hands. If you've ever, my, my hand's the first hand up. Great. All right. So this is for us all. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overscheduled, or I am exhausted. Today, we're going to look, we're going to talk about how dangerous it is to allow ourselves to become empty. My subject today, chapter number one, is from exhausted to, what is it? To energize. I should know that. From exhausted to energize. That's the first chapter. There's so many chapters going through my mind. From exhausted to energized. Now, thinking of your life just for a moment. I've got this bucket here. I'm sure many of us have buckets at home. Thinking of your life as a bucket. When you feel full, when you feel full, how does it make you feel in life? Have a think about that. It makes you feel good. Somebody said, yeah, it makes me feel good. It makes you make the best decisions in your life, doesn't it? It makes you pray the best prayers in your life. It makes you feel connected, whether that's in your marriage or in your family or in your singleness. It makes you, um, you know, consider, really consider what you eat, 
how you exercise and how you sleep, which are three very important things to our holistic part of our lives. It even makes you appreciate when you feel when you're filled with your, you know, um, full to the top in your in your bucket. It even makes you appreciate and like Collingwood supporters. No, don't go that far. Okay, won't go that far, Brad. <laughs> but you are at your best when you are full up, right? You are at your best. That's how you feel. When, when your life bucket um, is empty, how do you feel then? I don't know if you've ever experienced any of life. I'm going to share just a, a part of my life in a moment in regards to that. But you and I know that you're dangerous and everybody around you knows it. You know it. You feel it. And it's hard to get out of, and it's no place to live on a consistent basis. But the question, another question, respond to me here. Whose responsibility is it to refill your life bucket? Yeah, I know, it's kind of, it's me, it's you. Okay, yeah, I'll say it on your behalf. Me, us, you, as an individual, it's your responsibility. So to set this up, I want to share a story. I don't know if you've ever had some people come over to your home at any stage in a spontaneous kind of time and you've kind of like opened your door, you know the bedroom and the, the hallway and the, the house is just a bit of a mess and you're just not prepared. And so I want to share a story about that this morning. It goes like this. Of all the people that Jesus interacted with in life, and you think about just how many that would be. It's not in the hundreds, in fact. It's in the thousands of people that Jesus interacted with over his three-year teaching ministry. He honed in on one particular person and basically said this, that you are overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. I wonder if you can figure out who this particular person might be. You see, Jesus, before we go there, he chose a a handful of people to be in his inner circle of of friendship. You think about who his inner circle of friendship was. Peter, James, John, but also this other trio called Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Very good. They were brothers and sisters. And they lived in this little suburb um, outside of Jerusalem called Bethany. In fact, it still exists today. And so they had a guest room for their friend, Jesus, and uh, he would certainly use that from time to time. And as Jesus' uh, ministry grew, and which it did, so did his demands. You think about what Jesus went through as he, as he walked and lived among us. His teaching, the disciples, the people, the healings, and the miracles. And from time to time, Jesus would reach his limit, just like you and I, and he would withdraw you know the passages of scripture in the Bible where it says he would, he would withdraw and be with his father. And in this particular story that we're talking about today, that would open their doors to Jesus so he could come in and rest in the guest room of his three friends. We pick the story up in Luke chapter 10 and it goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was, say this word with me, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things 
are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, here's what's unfolding in this particular story we're focusing on this morning. Jesus is making this unplanned visit to the home of his three friends, and apparently Lazarus is not there at this particular time. But there's no time to prepare for his arrival. And he stops by and he wants to get out of this ministry mode and just simply hang with his trusted friends that have been developed over time. So, have these two, Mary and Martha. What does Mary do? Mary pulls out a chair and welcomes him in. She just flows with that. She's spontaneous. How many spontaneous people do we have here among us this morning? You're you're the spontaneous type. Okay, okay, we have some spontaneous type. You, You kind of relate to what Mary's up to here. Now, her other sister, you might relate a little bit more to what Martha is feeling, the other sister in this time. What she does, she runs into the kitchen, See, she starts the meal and she becomes a little bit frantic. And so what's she doing? She's attending to the physical needs of Jesus. Yet just a few minutes later, we see in the story unfold that Martha snaps. She snaps. And she bursts into the room and she interrupts the conversation. She is ticked. Now, she doesn't address her sister Mary first. Who does she address? She goes straight to the Lord. And she addresses Jesus Just like that. And what does she say? Lord, don't you care? Just think about that for a moment. Just press pause there for a moment. And you think about what she just said to the Lord Jesus. Don't you care? It's a little unusual, isn't it? That Jesus would leave all of heaven. The the Bible describes as unimaginable beauty. He leaves all of that. And he comes and walks among us and ultimately dies the sacrifice of all sacrifices for the the world's sins upon the cross. Lord, don't you care? What was going on in Martha for her to say such a thing to the Lord Jesus in this particular time? Now, of course, Jesus, he's been ministering. Uh, He's tired himself, yet he wants to come. He wants to commune with his friends. And so Martha accuses him in this moment, Lord, don't you care? What's she accusing him of? Being uncompassionate? Lord, don't you care? And so things get worse. She goes on and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? So she's really thinking about herself in this particular time. She's getting warmed up because she goes on and she says, you tell her to help me. She doesn't go directly to the person. She goes around the person, even though the person's there. You tell her to help me. She's exhausted. She's just, she's, she's ticked. Hmm. You, you watch the response of Jesus. Now, Jesus could get all defensive and say, you know, this is who I am. Don't you know who I am? And accuse her, but he doesn't. He simply says her name twice. Martha. Martha. Now, 21st century language is kind of like, chill out, you know, chill out, just relax. He says, he says a name twice. Martha. Martha. Hmm. You are worried, he says, and upset about what? About many things. And so he's making this observation about her that maybe she's overwhelmed, <laughs> maybe she's overscheduled, or maybe she's exhausted. But what would cause her? 
to respond in that way to the living Lord and Savior who's walking and living among them. And so Jesus says, well, there are many, many things that have you all churned up, Martha. And this is becoming much more complicated than I really planned for my, my visit to be. And he kind of says, can I simplify something for you, please? You see, whenever I stop by, and I do enjoy my stop by with you, it's for friendship, it's for community, and it's for connection with each other. That is it. You see, if I wanted, if I wanted a five-star dinner, <laughs> well, I could have arranged that. I just fed 5,000 people just the other day, right? You know, that wedding, you know, I turned, well, you know, that kind of thing. So there's only one thing. There's only one thing that's needed, Martha. And so whenever I come for a visit, I want you to know that I come for the exchange of love and also for the exchange of conversation. Yet, Martha, today I find you that you are driven. You are busy. And what will really fix this issue in your life is having an unrushed conversation with me right now. So, let's summarize what's happening here. Mary got it, and Martha missed it. Mary got it, and Martha missed it. An unrushed conversation with Jesus. And what does Jesus do in these very few words that he has he summarizes and he says, in a few short words, Jesus teaches us what he values. He teaches us what our priorities should and need to be. Just within these few short verses. And Jesus told Martha that her only hope was to pull up a chair and to unplug from the busyness of her life and to enjoy relationship with him. He's kind of saying, in all that you do in life, Martha, he says, don't lose sight of relationship because that's what really uh, matters to me and what I really and truly value. So I'm going to come back to that story as we continue to unfold this, but I've got a couple of more questions for you. Is that okay? I want to ask you this morning, and I realize the seasons come and go, how full, and if you were to answer honestly, how full this morning is your bucket. If this bucket here this morning represents your spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental health and energy levels, how full is your bucket? You see, the reality that I observe is that many of us are overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. You see, it's a fact about this that life is certainly a whole lot faster in the 21st century. They did a study just a few years ago to prove, uh, that proved in cities across the world that people are actually walking 10% faster than they were the 10 years earlier. We are in a hurry. We are in a rush. And so life is faster, but also life is also fuller, full of appointments full of rosters, full of drop-offs, full of pickups, full of to-do lifts. Life is fuller, isn't it? Yet life is faster. And so again, I ask you the question this morning, how full is your bucket? Let me revisit those feelings of how we feel when we're empty. And then we'll go to the other side, how we feel when they're full. When we, how we feel when the bucket is empty, I kind of put it this way, that we play the... Um, uh, the, the, what I call it, the, the blame and complain. 
We blame and complain when there's nothing there. We get filled with things like resentment in our lives. Uh, we resent someone or resent something. We start you know, tapping into that dark side of our lives. Just like Martha, when she's coming out with that wooden spoon, having a go at Jesus from the kitchen, she says, Jesus, don't you care? So we start blaming God himself. And so she was filled with resentment. And that's how often when our buckets are empty, that's how we feel. We feel with resentful, resentfulness. Yet in addition to resentfulness, some people are easily irritated. You know, the small things often generate a big response. I guess you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, some people, they actually withdraw from life and they overeat, they overdrink, they overspend, they overwork and they overmedicate. Yet some of us, when living on empty, we, we escape. What do we escape into? You think about it. When our buckets are empty, we escape into movies. We escape into magazines. And quite often, we escape into pornography. You know, a lot of what pornography comes down to is this. We're just empty. We're just empty. We've got nothing to give. And we enter the dark side of intimacy. I think it's safe to say, is it not, that none of us are at our best when we are empty. You look at the life of Martha. She certainly wasn't her best that day. She started the blame game, started complaining, started to talk around the person that she should have gone to, started to gossip, started to talk. Personally speaking, just for a moment, if I could, it's a vulnerable moment for me. I want you to know that right now. Is that, I think it was about four or five years ago, I had that feeling of emptiness and that bucket was just there was nothing left and so kindly I was sent off to uh, have some time on my own and a bit of retreat which I was looking forward just to doing some reading and I don't find it that easy I like to be around people being on my own but more and more in life as I get older uh, I do appreciate it more and more as I like to read and like to get away and kindly someone in, in the life of our church uh, allowed me to stay in their holiday house and I was thinking of all these things on the way down there, but I didn't fully realize just how empty my bucket was when um, I got to the place and I got there and I, I sat, sat stationary for quite some time. And I could hardly move. My bucket was so empty. And I remember the shop was just around about, it was around roughly about 400 meters from where I was staying at this particular time. And I couldn't even get the energy that was needed to walk. And I love walking, I love exercise, I'm an active kind of person. And there was that time where I just needed to get to the shop to eat, first of all, but I didn't have the energy. I don't know if you've ever been there. Does anyone ever relate to what I'm talking about? You just, the bucket of spiritual and emotional and mental energy just is not there and my human heart had darkened I was overwhelmed I was overscheduled and I was absolutely exhausted and because of that I kind of made that vow to myself that I wasn't ever I never wanted to go there I ne you see one of the things I'll come back to this, this moment because when I'm exhausted some of you probably been on the receiving end of this is that I, I tend to be short with people I'm not proud of that but I know when my bucket is empty, I tend to be short with people. And it's kind of like in my role and what I do and I love people and want to serve the, the, the church and the community. Kind of, I can't afford to have my bucket 
empty. I want to be the person that God's called and created to me to be. And that's to be a pastor of the local church and to make the difference. And I can't live. And so all this stuff went through my mind. And I just had nothing to give. And I need to be filled up to be effective in life and in my marriage and my children and my ministry. And so that's just a story of mine. And because of that, and the vow that I made was that I've learned a lot now to say no. You just ask my PA and what, uh, Amanda what she's allowed and what she's not allowed to book into my diary these days. You know, I've just got to keep the main thing the main thing. So thanks, thanks for listening. Um, but I've, I've also realized when you, when you learn to say no to certain things, you will also disappoint somebody because they've got an agenda for you. And so I've learned it will disappoint. So you have to fight You have to fight to live filled up. No one else can do that for you. Whose responsibility is it? Yours. That's right. (laughs) So thanks for listening. I now want to get onto the solution side of things. So what is it? I want to ask you the question, and my question is this. What sort of things fill your bucket? What sort of things fill your bucket? And we're going to do a custom design kind of list during the week. It's a part of your homework. We're going to draw the line. Where's your bucket at the moment? You draw the line. Oh, I've got a, I've got a, here we go. Here we go. Look at this. I hope this works. I haven't done this before, so hang in there, all right? All right, so there's a bucket. So here we go. <laughs> is that all right? Can you see that all right? You get the idea, all right? And so, is that bad? <laughs> Thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, all right, it's a bucket. Um, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, oh, okay, yeah, is that all right? Okay, so where was I? <laughs> what sort of things fill your bucket? What sort of things fill your bucket? What refills you? What activities or engagement restore your energy levels? I wonder what it could have been for Martha that day. So what is it for you this day? And can I just say also, it's not selfish, but it's vital. It's vital for you to live the life that Jesus so brilliantly came to bless you and I with, because we're only here for a short time, aren't we? And so uh, I've just got a couple of uh, life-living streams that I just want to paint for you. It's in this book. I've, I've reworded a couple of things. It's in here, and he goes into a little bit more in depth, and so I encourage you that. And by the way, you can download that on, help me out, ebook, on ebook. And so uh, feel free to access this. But five um, bucket-filling streams. And the first one is this. I'm going to start from the bottom once again. Here we go. See what happens here. Um, I'm just going to put this. Daily hope. Daily hope. 20 minutes in the chair. It fills my bucket every time that I sit at the feet of Jesus and I open his word and he speaks to me. And if you're anything like me, you don't have what it takes to be the father, the mother, the husband, the wife, the student, the workmate. You need God's wisdom and we need it daily. The Bible says to what? To taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you haven't tasted of late? To see that the Lord is good. Are you missing that part of your life out? And so we need God's wisdom in our lives because it changes everything, but it also simplifies my life. What do I mean by that? That it gets rid of all the noise of everyone and everything that's coming at us. It secures our identity. I don't have to impress anyone. 
And if you are not in your daily habit of 20 minutes in a chair, I want to give you the challenge, the same challenge as Jesus gave Mary that day, to sit at his feet. It's one of the best gifts that you can give yourselves, your families, your workplaces, and our community and our city. The second bucket filler, that's daily hope. 20 minutes in the chair, more information, hope central. The second bucket filler is this. I mentioned my time uh, before in New Zealand at the start of this year. That was certainly a bucket filler. I'm thankful that I can have annual leave and enjoy it with my family. I was flown over. We paid for my other members of my family to come on over with us. And we had a great time uh, in New Zealand. And so um, I just want to say right from word go in regards to filling my bucket here, that family is certainly not a burden for me. I realize families can be complex and, you know, um, a little bit disorganized. I realize that. We certainly acknowledge that. We're a door of hope. But it might require you to be intentional, some intentionality on your behalf. But I certainly want my family to be a big part of my life, and I want to be a big part of their life. And one of the things Karen and I sat down just a few years ago and talked about were goals. Yep. What was the vision for our family? And quite immediately, we kind of drew drew a quick conclusion because we like some of the same things, not all the same things, but one of the things we said we'd love to travel, whether it's locally, nationally, internationally, we save our money and uh, put it together. And so we traveled. So we said our number one goal is that we want to travel, but the big part of that is to make memories together. We wanted to make memories. And because of, we were intentional about that as a family, and we put it as a priority. You'll hear about this more next week in part two from Andrew Morris being organized. Um, that, that is our, our top priority as a family. We want to be generous. We want to take our children to visit their brother and sister in the Philippines our sponsor children. And so, you know, we've made that a priority. So that's, that was our goal. And we've got a photo here. This is us in New Zealand, by the way. Sorry about the big, big buff head of Zoe, I meant. Oh, oh that's all right. <laughs> Sorry, Karen, it's not. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is in Queenstown. For those who are in Queenstown, been to Queenstown, New Zealand. Um, this is in Queenstown looking up. In fact, can I just say this, by the way, because um, you, know, you know the whole social media thing. It's not a true reflection of reality. I'm not having a go at social media, by the way, because I certainly use it. It's not a true reflection of reality, right? Because just before that, I think we're arguing a little bit. Um, and so uh, we're smiley face. There you go. Thanks for listening. So that's us. We're in the ski village. Well, it's felt like a ski village of Queenstown and Alpine. Just a beautiful... How many people have been to Queenstown? It's a beautiful spot. Oh, wow. That's Skyview and uh, the gondola. So we're able to create memories and we create books. Karen gets online. She creates this book and we go through our memories every now and then. We put photos, uh, the digital photo thing up on the screen and, um, you know, we, we, we create memories like that. And so as I stay connected with my family, these relationships certainly fill my bucket. The third thing is this, I'm going to put here, just, just here, here we go, is our work, is satisfying work, satisfying work, starting to fill our buckets up here with these things, these are just ideas by the way, you might have other ideas for you, and so uh, satisfying work, the Bible teaches us, King Solomon, reading through that at the moment, our daily hope, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 18 says this, it is good and proper for a person to find what? Satisfaction in their work, life is short isn't it? And can I just say this? If your job sucks the living life out of you week in, week out, can I ask you just to pray? And I realize once again, because of the climate we're in, it's not as easy to give up today and go in Australia. I realize all of that. But the Bible teaches us it's important to have satisfaction in our work. To pray, maybe about changing your attitude or changing department or changing something. 
But something we've got to realize is that, um, uh, that the Bible certainly teaches us about having satisfaction in our work. We spend most of our life here in this. And so enjoy your work. The fourth thing, fourth thing is this. Getting to the top. Am I doing all right here? <laughs> oh, thank you. Is recreation. Recreation. What I mean by that, this is the fun side of things, isn't it? This is the fun, this is the hobby side of things. This is what we enjoy. You could be golf. Do I hear an amen, Craig? There it is, Craig. Oh, we've got a few other golfers. Hey, all right. Could be the gym. Hey, all right. Could be a walk. Okay, could be craft or card making. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Fishing. There we go. You get the idea, right? A drive, a sport, or even hanging out with some friends. You know what recreation means? It means this. To recreate energy and vitality in your inner person. To recreate in your inner person so that you have much to offer and to bring for the sake of others. And so for me, as I've mentioned, it's already traveling and making memories with my family, uh, maybe going to a movie every now and then or out to the theater to see a local theater show or sports or friends or a day or weekend trip away. And um, uh, reading, I really, really getting into reading. So let's go on to the next one. This is the fifth and final one. And this is exercise. Oh, I put it right up here. Exercise, we all love that word, don't we? Exercise, eating, I'll just keep it short, and sleeping. Have I done all right with this? Is that all right? You get the idea? Slowly filling up my bucket, our buckets. Once again, what's in your bucket? What would you fill your bucket with? So, exercising. None of us, I don't think, would argue the benefits in regards to what it has on our mental health, our physical health, and our energy reserves. You know, most uh, experts would certainly agree that exercise and proper rest patterns give about a 20% energy increase in an average day, week, or month. Yeah? And so exercise improves the quality of life, and sometimes, not all the times, I understand, it it also improves the length of our lives. So, can I have the band to come back up and we can clear this all up if that's all right? And we're coming into landing right now. Here's the bucket. Here's the bucket. How full is your bucket? What would you fill your bucket with this morning? If I was to ask you, time has run out, unfortunately, to turn to the person next to you. But this is your homework assignment. We're going to give you an assignment each and every week. And it's simple, just in your journal, your daily hope journal, right? Is to draw the bucket, draw the line where your current tank is filled to, exhausted or energized. And then fill it with five things. What fills your bucket? I just want to say, just before we stand and sing here this morning, I want to just kind of stress the point here, and it's this, that I feel so deeply about this series. That we are going to be as helpful as we possibly can over these next 10 weeks to help simplify our lives. You now understand what I mean by that. And because this is where we are supposed to be living. Not all the times. I realize seasons come and go, and I needed that filling. And so this morning, this morning, I wonder, what would Jesus call you this morning? Mary? Or Martha? But I want to say this morning, door of hope, people, is the empty bucket has to stop. The consequences that it can have on your marriage on your work life, on your family, on your children, on your singleness, on your work, on your future, and upon your health. As I said, next Sunday we're going from overscheduled to organized. We're going to have a look at our calendars. And we learn in the story, and this is it, I want to finish with this. If you remember one thing from this morning, from today, one thing we learn from the story of Mary and Martha, and it's this, that the Jesus way of living, a simplified life, 
is that you value being present more than you value being perfect. Let's pray. How full is your bucket? What are the things you need to do this week, maybe in your journal, in your bucket? Mary or Martha? If you're having a Martha moment right now in life, maybe it's time to listen to Jesus and to say, we need to sit down together. And so, Father, as we reflect on where we are right now and and how we got there, whether that's overwhelmed, overscheduled, or exhausted. May we admit it, and may we even humble ourselves to say we need you, that we put that stake in the ground today and say, I'm done living on empty, that this is not who God has created me to be. I need to find those bucket fillers. I pray, God, that you would give people the creativity and what it might look like and what it might be in filling their own buckets. Give us that sense, we pray, that it's my responsibility and no one else's that it's my life and my future and something I need to do, maybe today, and that I I would give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. How about we stand and we go out sing our final song this morning.